Chapter 8 Come on, it's time for a swimming lesson. They gathered up the baby otter, carried him over the rocks, and waded in until the water was up to their chests. The summer sun had warmed the shallow water, and fortunately it was shining on their necks and heads. They stood facing each other. Dunkick slowly released the baby onto his back, and as usual, he squirmed and splashed out of control. He stayed afloat, but still could not control his swimming with his injured leg. Gugu extended his hand to prevent his attempts to roll and dive. Slowly, the tiny sea animal relaxed in the shallow water and lay there quietly on his back while the two boys took turns and carefully steered the sleek little body between them. Well done, Charaliak, murmured Danukik to the baby. You will get a special tasty food as a reward. Gugu chuckled as they played a gentle game of water handball with the floating otter. After some time, it became too cold to stand in the water. They retrieved the wet fairy ball, waded back to shore, and placed him in his pool. We need to give him a name, said Dunkik. Something short for something so small, said Gugu. I think we should call him Akka. I want to call him Miktskak because he's small, replied Dunkik, and gave Gugu a shove. Soon they were wrestling in the sand over and over, sand flying everywhere. Finally, Dunkik grabbed Gugu's legs, dragged him down to the water, and pulled him in. Gugu went under but managed to trip Dunkik, and he went over backwards with a splash. That started a water fight, with water splashed in all directions. They were interrupted by piercing calls from the rock pool. He wants to know his name. We will draw it with twigs, decided Dunkik. He picked up a straight stick from the debris on the beach and broke it into a short piece and a long piece. Dunkik held them in his hands with just two small ends protruding. He offered them to Gugu. If you pick the long one, your name will win, and if it's the short one, my name wins. Gugu's fingers hovered over the two sticks until he finally pulled the short one out. I've won, exclaimed Dunkik. Miktskak it is, or Mickey for short. Gugu cuddled Mickey while Dunkik collected shellfish, which he pounded and scattered in the rock pool. They placed the baby among the tidbits in the pool. Their teeth were chattering, so they ignored his cries for attention and set off for a run to warm up and dry out their clothes. Soon, Mickey started to groom himself and discovered the food. A sooty black oyster catcher with bright red beak and legs strutted to the edge of the rock pool and eyed the morsels of shellfish. Little Mickey glared at the bird and it turned away with a high-pitched gleep. Halfway along the beach, the boys caught sight of fresh footprints. In the damp sand were the distinctive marks of bears with the entire foot, the five toe pads, and the long, straight claws. Some were large, and some were small. The Takukak must have been visiting again last night, said Donalhik. He felt an involuntary shiver up his spine. They slowly followed the tracks that skirted the shoreline and disappeared up into the bushes behind the beach. These were made last night. Guku was on his knees, looking at them closely. They're probably waiting and watching for some ikhashuk. The salmon were due to come in from the ocean and lay their eggs up the rivers and streams. As long as we don't surprise them and they know where we are, it will be all right. Dunkik was trying to reassure himself as well as Gugu. We'll light another fire and make sure we make plenty of noise when we move in the bushes, Gugu replied. Let's collect some more firewood for tonight and make ourselves a better shelter between the rocks. While Mickey snoozed in his pool, the boys ventured up the slopes behind the beach. 
They made plenty of noise and constantly called out to each other as they collected branches and logs. They arranged these as a roof between three large rocks. They packed thick green clumps of grass and clods of sticky dark soil between the logs. They had learned to do this when they helped to patch their family's shelter. It was hard work, but by the middle of the afternoon, they'd created a small, rainproof shelter. It is almost as good as our cozy chikloak at the village, but much smaller, decided Dunke. Mickey was awake again, and Gugu tucked him in his shirt. He seemed to enjoy the warmth of his chest and made Gugu feel wet and tickly as he wriggled around and poked his head out. Tonight, we'll make the fire higher up behind those rocks so we don't frighten the otters away. Donkick pointed to a spot behind their shelter. Let's have one more swim for the day, said Gugu. The three of them returned to the water, and this time little Mickey seemed to enjoy himself without fear as he floated tummy up among the bubbles. They took turns putting him on their stomachs while they tried to float on their backs, and he balanced there happily. He is my best toy, laughed Gugu. Soon, Mickey was back in his rock pool. He rubbed his fur between his paws, squeezed, and combed. The sun sank low again. Another day was almost over. There were scattered pink clouds and a light breeze sang softly through the needles of the tall nabut. The boys lit their fire and steamed some more shellfish, then sat beside the leaping orange flames upwind of the smoke. They leaned back against the rocks, still warm from the sun, and hummed songs and took turns to tell more stories of their village. Gugu scratched his salty, tangled hair with both hands. What I would do for a nice hot steam bath in the Makiwik, he laughed. Donkik chuckled and playfully sang another of their favorite nonsense songs about insects bathing in the Makiwik. The louse whisked himself. He whisked himself long and hard, showing off. The baby louse threw water on the rocks, and the louse sang to his little self for the heck of it, Hoo hoo hoo, it's hot! Gugu joined in the second round, and they rocked with laughter and scratched and scratched their heads as they sang. Home seems so far away, said Gugu in a soft voice. It's like another world. I still want to go home, but I do like this place. Dunkik smiled and said nothing. He thought of the old man, Uswiduskak. He suddenly remembered that he had a dream about him the previous night. In the dream, Uswiduskak was sitting by the fire, whittling a beautiful piece of sea lion bone. He was smiling in the dream, and when he held up the carving, it looked just like Mickey. The color of the bone was the same creamy color of Mickey's fur. Later on in the soft evening light, Gugu rolled over on the sand and peered around the large black rock. He blinked the sand out of his eye and took a second look. Mickey's mother was back with him in the rock pool. She groomed, caressed, and fed her baby. He was a very happy small otter and squeaked with pleasure and contentment. Look, Dunkik, but shh, breathed Gugu. Mickey's mother stayed with him much longer that night. The boys stared with wonder when she produced urchins and starfish from a storage fold under her arm and shared them with Mickey. It looked like a magician's trick. Dunkik was amazed. The boys took turns to sleep and watch the rock pool. 
When a light shower of rain sprinkled down and sizzled the orange flames of their fire, they crawled into their cozy, dry shelter, confident that Mickey was being well cared for.